We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast for the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Numak. And again... As always, is my trusty co-host Jordan Trusky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. Doing well. It's a Packers win. Big Packers win. Big comeback win against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, we're coming to you with a, a recap, a little bit of that game, but more importantly, the cut down to 53 men for the roster. The <laughs> the uh, the cut down happens on Tuesday in the afternoon, sometime when exactly. I believe it's 5 Eastern. I think that sounds about right. So the Packers will have to go down GM Brian Gunnikunst and coach Matt LaFleur, go from 90 men down to 53 by Tuesday. And then from there, there'll be practice squad signings and possibly some more shifting around of other players. I don't think it happened last year, but there was other times in past years where the 53-man roster is set and then they cut somebody and pick somebody else from a cut team. So we should know. Tuesday night ish, the majority of Rudy the team. Ford, right? I think because one of sure. those, yeah. That so, that so that came right? to the team. Yes. yes. Yeah. So I guess there had to be with somebody cut too, but I don't think it was anybody significant that I can remember. So I don't think that was Abernathy's spot, frankly, because I don't think he made the roster. I was going to ask, actually. I don't think he made the roster. 
and then like, I think he just got cut and then got sent to the private squad. But all's well that ends well that way, and it ended pretty terribly in my opinion. However, <laughs> but this preseason didn't. No, nope, it ended pretty good. Uh, Packers go two and one. Could have went three and zero. Had the game not been suspended after the Patriots game due to that guy's injury, but he is doing well and good as well. Well, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? I know, it's like that guy's injury. That guy. I, I, I forget his name. Bolden. Isaiah Bolden. Isaiah Bolden. So he's good now. Hopefully he's doing just just peachy after going to the hospital. We're getting too far into this. Sorry. Two and one. Beat the Bengals. Beat the Seahawks. Um, in what was a game that felt eerily similar to the Patriots game, Jordan. That was kind of your point coming out of out of the game. Yeah, I would say that especially how it started, uh, more more so with the offense, uh, given that Jordan Love essentially had three. Yeah, he saw. Yeah, he saw it out with all three series that he had. Yeah. Um, and you know that was that has been the plan all training camp preseason long that they want to get Jordan Love reps. They want to do different things. They were working no huddle, hurry up offense for a lot of that third drive too, and. So, kind of got to got to see a different amount of looks, or you know, I guess, play with tempo and all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, but yeah, I thought it was very similar to Patriots game and how things were kind of executed, or like there's a lot of promising flashes and stuff like that. But like in terms of execution or getting the job done in the end zone, there were some missed opportunities. Yeah, absolutely, definitely slow starts to both drives, a little bit of slop in the first and second drive and then nice to see them lock nice to see the offense sort of lock it down in that third drive at the beginning of the quarter, the second quarter to go up. Um, I think at that point it had been nine zero after Anders uh, Carlson's extra yes. point got blocked. So nine zero in the second quarter. But um, I think part of the reason it wasn't so bad. The first two drives, we saw a lot of like Jordan love as a mobile quarterback using his feet a lot and stepping up in the pocket and going for some runs. I didn't entirely love that it was happening so often. It felt too similar to last year when Rodgers was scrambling a lot. Cause I think there was a lot of times where he wasn't designed to run. He was running because receivers weren't open. Right. And that was kind of the, the biggest thing last year is that Christian Watson wasn't getting open. Robert Dobbs wasn't getting open when he was healthy and that there was nowhere to throw the ball which I think is might be the issue. I also think that also could have been a little bit of nerves from some of the younger guys. Like, Robert Dobbs didn't play, so receivers were Watson, Malik Heath, and uh, Smart Tour to begin the, the day. But other than that, it wasn't really a whole lot of uh, confidence in the passing game early on before that third drive. Yeah, I thought it was... Uh, very especially with Malik Heath, you could tell that there was some kind of things that he was working out, and obviously right. working with the ones Billion for Dobbs. That alone is kind of a big task for him, but uh, yep. looked up or looked most of the, or looked apart for most of it. I would say, yeah. Um, there was the wind, there's the weather factors. The the sir, I will say, I know I'm making a joke for uh, Discord listeners, but um, I will say that it was very slick early on when I think it was raining or at least like lightly raining. Yeah. And not just Packers players, but Seahawks players were 
slipping and sliding, especially that Malik Heath like catch, but he fell on the ground and then they Seahawks like ran to get, you know, push him down kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was a factor. And then it, <laughs> it was just funny how it worked out um, in the third year. Oh, I'm missing too the, the big bomb to Christian Watson. Yeah. Into the wind. Into the wind. Allegedly. Allegedly. Who's <laughs> to say? Um, yeah, he just beat Michael Jackson. That is the actual name of the Seahawks cornerback that was playing pretty much all day today. He just beat it. Um, he just beat it. It was no thriller there. Uh, Christian Watson was <laughs> going down the sideline. And yeah. Jordan Love vastly underthrew it. Probably one of the worst throws. I wouldn't say vastly. Like, if he hits him in stride, it sh- it, like, yeah, that's it's the probably thing. a touchdown. But I think a, a vast underthrow is, is the interception. I think it was maybe three yards underthrown versus five yards underthrown, ten yards underthrown, or a big overthrow. Like, I think it was just... He didn't have to stop completely. He's had to turn around and slow down. You know what I mean? I think if he hits him full bore and in full stride, it's a touchdown. But it yeah. wasn't it, it wasn't that throw. Yeah, that was the thing that was just frustrating is like Christian Watson has to kind of track back to get to the ball. Yeah. When he had just separated from two guys, yeah. His man, and then the safety's barreling down on him too. So it was like you saw what it could have been, and it obviously didn't end up being what it was. But yeah, I, I think I agree with your overall assessment. I think there was a lot for Love to kind of figure out today in a good way because yep. the line has been really clean so far in terms of pass protection for him. But there was repeated plays where, you know, Seahawks second stringers are getting through and kind of pressuring Love into making some quick decisions or hurried up his decisions, which you don't want to see often <laughs> for a young quarterback, but I do want to see, like, what does Jordan Love look like in those situations? I thought today he looked fairly kind of I don't want to say the word that I <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, formidable I would say is probably the better way of putting it rather than just, like, capable because you know, he's a quarterback and it's part of the job, but between his ability to run on the ground, uh, get some extra yardage that way off of broken plays, or extend plays. Rashid Walker like got this maybe the first drive. He got beat like by a bull rush really quickly, but he sealed the defender off enough for Love to just kind of curl out of the pocket and then run down the sideline and get a first down that way too. And I thought like stuff like that that's like, okay, you're Lafleur and uh, Adam Sinovich are going to basically have everything ready for you to succeed and all that stuff. But when things don't go to plan or the play just, you know, design just gets busted up pretty quickly based on pass rush or guys are defended very well or whatever. I thought Jordan Love's ability to improvise today was very mm-hmm. on point. And I think that is going to be something to watch on top of everything else that we're going to expect from him over the course of the season. Right. Like I think his notoriety as a pocket uh, passer has been well-documented and it was nice to see him get out of the pocket and really scramble to see how he handles it. And if he's like 
comfortable running and makes good decisions while running. I think all of his slides and his goes out of bounds, like going out of bounds were properly timed. He didn't really try and put himself in a situation where he might get hurt, which is always a good trait to know as a young quarterback and a quarterback who might be a little eager to lower his shoulder. So it was good. It was good that way. I think, like you said, it was good to see him get out of his comfort zone. Like you're not always going to have clean pockets like that. He had the first two games. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And seeing him be able to, not so much thrive because like we said there wasn't a whole lot to be excited about in the passing game those first two drives it was a lot of him running but at least he was comfortable doing it understood when to when to go and when to when to throw it away so i think that was part of the the nerves early on too a lot of penalties i think two false starts um and then the really the only uh highlight of the first drive was the quote the, as the second play the first play was a false start and the second play the first play actually ran was an aj Dillon run on mm. first and 15 he got like 13 yards like it was a they immediately were in a good position on second down but that was really the only highlight of that of that uh that drive that wasn't born out of scrambling essentially yeah so um more the rest of the game the, the uh, second quarter, Jordan Love of the starters went out, and the guys fighting for their jobs came in. Can I uh, just interject with yeah. uh, Jordan Love's preseason stats? Yes, that, thank you for doing that. Appreciate it. Jordan Love finished preseason 21 of 33 for 193 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 109.8 pass rating. I will also, that was from Marcus Eversall. Um, of, I believe the Green Bay radio station. I don't yeah. know the call letters. 107.5. <laughs> yes. Um, and I want to include on top of that, zero sacks. Yeah. I think that's going to be the biggest thing is just seeing how he acclimates to actually getting QB hits and uh, sacks and stuff like that. Like, there's going to be games where he might just get obliterated because there's just defensive lines out there that are th- that, are that good. Mm-hmm. But how he adjusts is we'll, we'll see. So also just saw from Andy Herman, Holy moly. Uh, first half plays 46 in the Packers, 18 from the Seahawks. It showed. It, it felt it like showed. that. <laughs> um, like you said, the preseason stats for Jordan love. I think if you were to stretch it out into a game, that's a fine game. Like that's a, that's a really good game. Yeah. Like the, the yards, aren't the best because like obviously it's three games and three I guess nine individual drives but at the same time I don't think he needs to be a 250 to 300 yard passer every game with how this run game is like between Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon they have a pretty good run game to balance that that passing game and if he goes out there and throws 250 300 a week I think we're ecstatic but I think games under 200 might be sort of the norm for Jordan Love going into the going into this season and throughout this season. I will say I, we would have killed for those games last year. Right. Yeah, I mean I, I think that was just kind of it wasn't on Rodgers, I wasn't on the floor. I think it was just the it spoke to just where everything was for most of the season outside of a four game stretch where they come back from being 4 and 8. Right. Yeah, I mean I I think that's where it is. It's like and to your point like this is going to be a team that controls tempo, that they want to play long drives. Matt LaFleur doesn't want to just be, you know, it's going to be a very balanced offense with a run-heavy focus. Yeah. And, 
you know, with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon kind of obviously spearheading that attack and the offensive line again, I don't as much as we will get into the depth pieces of the offensive line. This offensive line was really good, and David Bakhtiari didn't play a single preseason snap. Right, exactly. I so think I think we're in a good position right now. Yeah, for sure. Like it's without a doubt a pretty nice line for Jordan Love to start behind in his first season. I just I don't worry. I'm just anxious to see how he handles like a a starting level pass rush. Like just going yeah. going through there their schedule the Packers schedule the Bears defense will be okay the Falcons I couldn't really tell you the Saints I couldn't really tell you but like I want to see how they handle Aiden Hutchinson for the Lions like I think that game might be a pretty good um bellwether as to how good this line can be and how well he can operate in a clean pocket Jordan Love can because yeah. if you can operate in the clean pocket or I should say how well he can operate in the clean pocket how well he can operate in a crowded pocket because yeah. I think there'll be a lot of presence in that backfield um, from that Lions defense. Same thing with the Broncos defense two weeks later. Um, like it'll, it'll just be interesting to see how he handles sort of that task when it's served up to him. Because I think that's where your your experience and your skill is truly truly tested is with your throws in a crowded pocket. Like most quarterbacks with all day all day in the pocket can throw pretty good balls but it takes good quarterbacks to scramble and find their way out of pressure to make plays and make positive plays yeah absolutely we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, the rest of the game, Sean Clifford comes in, looks like the gamer he is. A couple of nice threaded passes that weren't caught, but still nice passes regardless. Good good uh, runs on scrambles where he needed to go just like Jordan Love had. Um, I think it was he was named second starter, or the second QB earlier this week uh, by Matt LaFleur. So Alex Magoo is officially um, probably out or practice squad guy, but for sure not the second guy because they'll probably only keep two on the roster. But yeah, Sean Clifford, he was he was good all preseason. I think he's going to be a pretty serviceable backup. Should we hopefully we never see him? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like you want the job, so just sit tight. <laughs> sit tight for about four to five months, maybe even six if the season goes that long. But yeah, it's well deserved. He played well. Today I would say it was probably his worst game, but I don't think that was any fault of his own. I think it was just I think it, that's a common thing that we'll talk about later with other players. I think today was like everybody's worst game of the preseason. Like I don't. Besides, which I will take. Which yeah, which will take. Actually, I will say instead of one person, I will say like Benny Sapp, the guy who got the interception. He had like a good game because he had the interception. He did have a good one. But yeah. we'll get. We'll guess. Are we getting to that later, Jordan? As to who that person is, we're gonna talk about him now. Let's talk about him now. Go ahead. Anders Carlson is my kicker, and I'm very glad. We knew the, the first part already. We knew he was your kicker already. I know, but there's, again, there's this level of consternation. I saw some articles written by Packer fans, and they're very well written, and I respect opinions and all that stuff. I see Mason Crosby's still practicing out in Tennessee and flipping his phone and showing he can kick it. His leg strength isn't a problem. He's fully healthy, and God bless you. But my man Anders, he hit a 57-yard kick today, field goal. Would have been good from further. Would have been good from further. Uh, Distance-wise. Yeah, distance-wise. Let me see the other distance of his other field goal. It's like 42, 43. 42, 43 sounds right. Um, see it as well. And yes, he had a, bl- a blocked extra point. Uh, not on him. No, that the guy was... was untouched. Yeah, it was a super good jump. Everything like that. I get it. We, I think, part of the problem with we haven't been in this situation for nearly twenty years. There has been no kicker to unseat Mason Crosby since two thousand seven. Since he was rewarded with that job. Mm-hmm. And there have been times when he came under fire. We God knows. Oh, so many times. So many times. And he still came back, bounced back, was a sign of, or like a fixture of resilience in that way. In the hardest, you're a specialist. You're expected. Every time you go out on the field, you're expected to make a kick, regardless of circumstances, distance, uh, someone <laughs> doing their job ahead of you. And blocking someone so you have the perfect pocket for you to kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the thing for me now that, you know, 
I'm really paying attention to Packers stuff a lot more than I would, in part because I co-host a podcast. But also, based on this year, because everything is very new. And again, we just haven't been through this. And I think people are... We see so much of practices and how people do in them, especially when it comes to specialists and kickers. And to know that, yeah, he went two for six in the practice. It is data that you have to keep in mind. But also, I would say probably reward more of the data that happens in preseason games or something that's more closely resembles what it's going to be like on Sundays, Mondays, right. occasionally Thursday. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just think it's all this kind of stuff that's really floated under the surface, despite Brian Gugun saying last week, there is no kicker competition. They're not going to bring out any outside kickers. They're riding or dying with Anders Carlson. And guess what? Grab me a seatbelt. I'm ready to ride. Because he can kick it really far. <laughs> yeah, I think his initial beginning of camp was worrisome. I think he still has worrisome practices. I think he might be just a case of the classic kicker that just sometimes they have the yips. Like, and it, whether that's a holder thing or it's just a process thing, he clearly has the talent to be a kicker. He has the leg. He has the aim from distance. I think the biggest thing is just getting into routine and I that that comes with time you, you can't expect a guy to have that routine as a rookie kicker to just come in and start booting like these guys need some time to develop and like I think kickers are less understood than most positions as like a, a casual fan yeah because it's a very solitary thing right they were talking about and, that on on the uh on the broadcast today that the most like lonely positions in football are kick returner, punt returner, kicker, and punter. Like it's, it's, it's even long snapper. I would yeah. say too, because it's just you. Yeah. And it, it's, it, but you have such like, we talk about quarterbacks and their overall worth to a game or their value. And they, you know, it, that's what makes football. So interesting is that you have these little clusters of players that can really influence a game, whether it's good or bad. Like, a kicker can win a game and can also lose you games. Like it yeah. overall, it probably evens out. But the it's the times where you know when it, when you're depending on it in a playoff game and in a playoff study and all that stuff comes up and you're just like you're riding on this guy's leg strength that has nothing to do else or nothing else to do with how football is played any yeah. other circumstances yeah i think that's what makes it interesting to me as much as we want to be like go for two go for two and get as many points as possible and blah 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 blah. so it's like i don't know i think i like that dichotomy of some guy's foot (laughs) yeah everything rests in some guy's foot yeah and i think that's sort of the beauty of football and also the maddening part of football like i heard i saw a tiktok today of it was some guy on the vikings um wasn't a recognizable face. I think he might have been like a backup some player, but uh, talked about he was on the team when Blair Walsh missed that 27-yard field goal. Mm-hmm. And I guess Mike Zimmer went into the locker room and tried to do like, hey, it's not Blair's fault. Like, we all lost that game. We all could have done things to make that game go better. And the guy said he thinks Everson Griffin stood up and just started bitching out Zimmer that it's not all everybody's fault, that it's just Blair's fault. <laughs> like... 
<laughs> like that like because oh. it, it's the playoff season's over like you're done like there's yeah. inherent rage that comes with that when you lose in such a heartbreaking fashion but yeah it's a lonely job and that Blair Walsh classic case of a kicker that was very good for very long and Scott Norwood yep Scott Norwood and like even before he went to Oakland um Daniel Carlson was the same way mm-hmm. he had issues too in Minnesota coincidentally and yeah. Now he's one of the best kickers in the game. So I think it just it takes time for these guys. And you, you're happy to see that through thick and thin so far, he's bounced back in certain areas. Like he hasn't really had a terrible game. The two misses, I think, on the extra points in Cincinnati weren't great. But he still made his field goals as well as um, against the Seahawks. He, I think he was pretty solid. Or against the Patriots, I'm sorry. Patriots, yeah. Patriots, he was pretty solid as well. He has bad days in practice, but that's just how it is like the last preseason practice ended with uh Andre Carlson kicking a like kicking a, a field goal and all the players were around him they were splashing water on him they were yelling and screaming and it was all set up in this tweet I think Andy Herman and everyone else talked about it oh yeah that it was set up to be like all right you're the guy and he missed it and then someone on offense came through and said give him another chance they did the same thing and he hit it again so flip a coin I think that you have a better chance of picking heads or tails than you have. You have honors Carlson kicking at this point, but I think he has the tools to be a good kicker for the next pretty, pretty good while. It's just getting the, the mental game down, which he has pretty well and just getting the mechanics and getting that repetition in to become a good kicker. I think repetition, the mother of all skill will be a big thing for him as opposed to, actual leg power or mental toughness. He's got both of those in droves. Mm-hmm. That was a long discussion on just Carlson. I was like it's ne- almost it's 10 necessary. minutes. It's necessary. <laughs> he brings out a lot of strong opinions. Does and- he make the roster? <laughs> <laughs> no one else is, no one else is going. Back Jerry Kramer to kick, kick field goals. For what it's worth, I do think Mason Crosby might luck into a job. Like, there's one kicker injury every year. San Francisco might be where it is because right. they have they're down two kickers now. Right, like every every year there's kicker injuries, and I think he's reliable enough to be helpful. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I I'm not gonna be sad if you go somewhere else. Like whatever, but it's, it's kind of like the, like the Robbie Gould situation. Robbie Gould, famous famous bear, and then goes and kicks in San Francisco coincidentally for like six more years. So yeah. if, if Crosby has a career like that, good for him. He's still the all-time leading point scorer in Packers history. So for now, for now, shut up. Shall <laughs> 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 I guess do you want to keep talking the rest of the the Seahawks game? Is there anything else? Like I, I think general vibes were just like fine. It was a little bit. No nervy. one got hurt. No one got hurt. That's, That's- well, Royce Newman got hurt and came back. Um, <laughs> tell me how you really feel, Jordan. Um, but yeah, I think it was fine for the most part. A lot of what I wanted to see kind of is what I saw, but not to the extent that I want to. I'm kind of teasing for our talk about later when we cut down. So I guess, do you want to start cut downs? Okay, I lied. We can't start cut downs yet. Surprises and disappointments. Oh, yes. Which might be a good lead-in 30 seconds later in the segue of your disappointment of the guy that got injured. <laughs> Spoiler alert. 
Jordan wasn't the most happy with Royce Newman. He had two penalties today, one a false start and one a holding that was maybe the worst holding I've ever seen in my life because it wasn't like he was he was actually the aggressor. He had space and and uh he was like kind of like the lead blocker for I believe is Emmanuel Wilson. It was. And the guy just took an angle where Royce Newman was overextended and it was like how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> you weren't you weren't the one being seized on. You were seizing the other one. Yeah, you know I mean like in terms of pressure. And it's like we'll get into his status on this roster, but man like it is just I I don't know. I haven't seen or re- can remember an offensive lineman for the Packers that has kind of fallen as much as him because he was a very capable, formidable rookie, and then it's just been downhill from there since the 21 season. Or 20 season? can't remember. Yeah, I think it's 20. But Yeah, that's. I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, I think... And we'll talk about him in a little bit as well, but he's clearly the backup of backups when it comes to like where his spot is on the, the line. He probably maybe maybe could start on like a bad team. But I think he just he had a promising camp one year and has never really been like, able to put it together. Which is unfortunate because he again, just showing Third round pick too, like a couple yeah. years ago. Like yeah. it wasn't like that. He's. It, it would be a little. I think the context of this would be a lot different if it was like okay, like Jake Hansen, for example. Yep. He was a guy that had battled through injury, didn't really get to play all that much, but was rostered for the last three years. Packers just cut him this week and put him on IR. He clears waivers, then they. <laughs> release him outright with an injury settlement and stuff like that. Right. They clearly invested time and, and all this stuff to develop him into, you know, a capable back backup offensive lineman, but yep. it just hasn't worked out. And I think expectations for him weren't the highest because he was a late draft pick and all this stuff. And obviously had a lot of insurmountable or injuries that proved insurmountable in terms of finding success in Green Bay. Right. It's a lot different with Royce Newman, who, was a higher draft pick, had shown signs of promise, proved to be capable, at least in regular season games, for a little bit. And then it's just like, it's been just kind of, poof, gone. I, like, I'm not an expert as much as I think I am in terms of <laughs> watching football and all that stuff. But, like, it it will be interesting to see just, like, what how that kind of develops because, I don't know. It, it could be an involving situation with him over the course of the year, depending on if he makes a 53 or not. Right. Right, right. Um, I guess for me, my biggest disappointments today were I really wanted to see two big games out of two guys. I wanted to see a, a huge Emmanuel Wilson game and a huge Brenton Cox game. Brenton Cox Jr. game. For the most part, because starting with Emmanuel Wilson, I think he has to do more than he's expected to do to earn that roster spot. Um, on the 53-man roster ahead of Patrick Taylor, who was a third uh, back last year. And so he he didn't do, like, terrible today. I think he had, like, 50 yards. Um, 17 carries, 49 yards, yep. 2.9 yards per carry. Did he have any uh, receptions? 
Uh, I think he had like one uh, or two, but not too many. No. Oh, so, sorry, two two receptions, nine yards. So not a two whole, targets. Right, not a whole lot. I think he had one reception for ten yards, and then he lost a yard on a pass. Yeah. And so it's like seventeen carries and fifty yards is not really efficient at all. And had a, had a couple runs where he got daylight. It was a lot harder for him. Yeah, this week it was, it was a lot harder. Week. And he got like snaps with the ones this week, which is exciting. And so like. I didn't really see him do a whole lot with his snaps at the ones. A lot of his big runs came in like the second and third quarters, which is, which is interesting. And so like with the ones had he had like a pretty awesome couple of drives, I think he might've been able to beat out that uh, Patrick Taylor for that third spot. But um, this wasn't really all there. It'll be interesting to see where he lands, but we'll get into where our roster predictions for running backs a little bit, but then same thing with Brenton Cox Jr. Had another nice game today. He was playing the run quite nicely, but never got home. And I think that was like the one thing I needed to see from him in this game was get a sack, get two sacks. And I think you've definitely cemented your spot. Um, two tackles, one solo tackle, um, one tackle for a loss, and one pass deflection. So he was around. Like, he was all over the ball today. Like, I was watching him specifically. And it was... It was a good game, but I think you need to have a great game again to really cement his his spot on the roster going into Tuesday. I guess. Did you have any opinions on Wilson or uh, Cox? Uh, Wilson, I thought it was a lot harder. I thought it was also just kind of weird how the, he was being deployed because it was he was filling in for AJ Dillon as a pretty quick. It looked like or felt like it was going to be a pretty quick game for AJ Dillon. Then AJ Dillon comes back out near the end of the first quarter, going into the second quarter, and it wasn't quite sure what it was or anything like that and didn't see much of it. Manuel Wilson was Patrick Taylor filling in and he had some nice plays himself. And it was just kind of like, I think AJ Dillon coming in in the second quarter at the end of the first quarter was them running their two minute offense. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cause that's a good point. Like the starters were still in and they were driving, like getting them in and having that two minute offense, I think was the plan there with how they, uh, how it took out. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was it was more of like if this he might be a casualty of higher expectations or setting expectations higher early, and then it just kind of going do, 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 like diminishing. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Games. Like I think it, again, ideally. He's a practice squad guy, and he just works all all year, and then comes back into camp next year and solidifies himself as a guy, and is getting home more often. Like he like he's a rookie, he got dismissed from two programs. Like he's he's raw. Like I think I think he might be as raw as Lucas Van Ness is. Like I think they both have. Wait, wait, wait. are you talking about Brendan Cox? Cox? Yes. Oh, I was talking about Van Wilson. Oh, I sorry. Disclaimer, folks. I am sick. And my, my brain is fried at the moment. Gotcha. My my apologies. Our expectations were set so high because his 80-yard run in the big game he had against the Bengals. Yeah. And then went boop, boop, boop as sort of declining, uh, what's the word, production throughout the rest of the games. Yeah. My More apologies. so t- this my week apologies. than last week. <laughs> yeah. In terms of Brendan Cox, I think you're a little harder on him. I just, I, I really think... I really think 
that they have so many talented edge rushers to begin with that it's going to be hard for him to make it. And, again, we'll get into our roster cuts later, but he I don't think he registered a sack. And I'm not saying that that's the end-all, be-all, but as an edge rusher, that's the game. you got to get home. And a pass deflection is nice, and being able to play the run is nice. Like, he did a good job in pursuit uh, today against the run, but I, I, I just really hope he does make the roster for the sole fact that I think he could do very well in the in the system, just learning from Rashawn Gary and learning from Preston Smith and learning from the rest of the guys on the team, honing his skills, and then really exploding next year. I, I really think that's that's a possibility for him if he is still with the organization next week. I, I, I just needed him to get home. He didn't have any like huge impact plays. He showed a lot of strength and like talent at the position, but he didn't at the end of the day he didn't make impact plays. And I think that's that's the problem is that if you're going to keep an undrafted rookie free agent, you they've had to have shown something in 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 games to be worth keeping. It's not like he's going to play anyway. He's probably edge rusher 6 if we're going that way, but yeah. It's still, you still have to be able to get home at least once, in my in my opinion. I think it's fair. I think it's fair, but I, I don't know. I I think he's has shown substance. I agree. And yeah, well, I'll, I'll wait to yeah. make more points. Should we should we jump in the fifty three man? Because I think that's about all I have. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So how we're going to do this is we're going to go position by position and talk about who made it on our individual um, roster predictions and who, like, obviously, who made it, who didn't, and a reasoning behind it. Talk about, obviously, like the some of the highlights that they had and their attributes and whatnot. But we'll go through all the positions, and then at the end of it, we'll have 53, and we can talk about sort of our last five and last four in. Or last or first couple out, I should say. Um let me do one thing here. I guess let's start with quarterbacks. Start with quarterbacks. Obviously, Jordan Love and Sean Clifford, right? Yep. Pretty simple. Uh we kind of had the whole spiel about Jordan Love and Sean Clifford the entire first half of this pod. We talked about their uh performances over the course of the preseason. Now real games are happening. We'll see how Jordan Love fares, see if he uh, can be the next quarterback of the future. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Running back. This is where we have our first tough decision. Aaron Jones is a lock. Yes. AJ Dillon's a lock. Yes. Who is your third running back? My third running back is Patrick Taylor. So I had <laughs> Emmanuel Wilson there when I made this last night. 
Ooh, same. Also. But when like the game started, Emmanuel Wilson didn't do a whole lot for himself, but Patrick Taylor did a whole lot. Patrick Taylor had a nice game today. Like he was catching good balls, he was running the ball pretty well. Uh Patrick Taylor six rushes for twenty four yards and had one catch for eight for eight yards. But he just looked fresher and more, I guess, athletic than Emmanuel Wilson did at times. Um it's not going to happen. It will never happen. But this could be a situation where they keep four running backs. Like, if they want Patrick Taylor for his special team capabilities and more Emmanuel Wilson for his running capabilities, I could see that happening. I don't think it'd be the smartest thing to do, but I could see it happening. But ultimately, I think Patrick Taylor sort of earned himself that job today with his past work on special teams and present work on special teams as well as just how well he ran the ball. It makes me really sad. I want Emmanuel Wilson to be that guy, but ultimately, he's not. At least in my prediction. Who knows? But Tyler Goodson, Lou Nichols, and Nate McCrary all uh, also off the roster. Obviously, yep. Alex Magoo also not making it. I think Magoo will, might get a practice squad deal, though. I think he kind of has to. I think so, too. I think he kind of has to. Um, Tyler Goodson talks about the injury. like That, that kind of really hampered him this year. Um, Lou Nichols also hammered by an injury. Like that's tough yeah. for him. Um, Nate McCrary had a good uh, game today in garbage scored time. A touchdown. Yep, scored a touchdown. Scored two the one of the two touchdowns. So all in all, I think he's fine. Like who knows if he find a job somewhere else? But we'll see. He's it, it's all right. So that's our first. Or no, we we agreed. Patrick Taylor is a, the third yeah. running back. So I'll keep my fingers crossed, Emmanuel Wilson, but. Ultimately, I don't think he makes it, sadly. My receiver. I think we're in lockstep here as well. Christian, Christian Watson, Watson. Romeo Dobbs. Jaden Reed. Malik Heath. Yep. Dontavian Wicks. Yes. And Grant DeBose. Yes. Six wide receivers is fun. A whole lot of, whole lot of fun. Um, Romeo Dobbs down with a hamstring injury. Did not play in the Seahawks game. But... I think we saw a lot of good from Jaden Reed and Blake Heath. Like I know you're big on Blake Heath and his boiling piss, but <laughs> he, 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 he makes plays. He he's, does. He's, he's really, he's got great hands and Jordan Love was effusive of his praise. Same with Matt LaFleur, Sean Clifford guy. Really? I think it's, he seems like the most obvious of the guys that are kind of fighting for a roster spot that it's already kind of been confirmed. It would be really shocking if he doesn't make the roster. Yeah. Especially, too, like, I think it's also you get past Jaden Reed, and we're talking about guys that have been hurt throughout camps with between Wicks and DeBose. Yep. Samari Toure, maybe he makes this roster. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. But also, I think he's kind of in a weird spot where Malik Keith has already leapfrogged him. So that's four wide receivers that he has to, you know, uh, fight or that he doesn't really right. can't challenge anymore. So it's fifth, sixth wide receiver. And I just kind of I, I believe in the other talent that we've seen so far with whether it's Wicks or DeBose. Toure um, wasn't in our in our uh, spreadsheet. I know I had to add him. I got the fact that happened with another guy too. I just I just realized that. But yeah, I don't think he makes it on my roster either. Either mostly because 
it hasn't really developed. Like, I think he has some sort of talent, but like you said, Malik Heath has definitely leapfrogged him. And he didn't look natural as a punt returner. Like, he just didn't look like he had sort of the the wherewithal to be a confident punt and kick returner. And that's not something I'm really, really looking to experience again coming out of the Amari Rogers uh, yeah. debacle. Yeah. So, Toure, maybe practice squad guy, I think they might just cut him. Like, it might, we might just be there at this point with him. You think so? Yeah, it might, that might be a tougher sell. With he was on the roster last year and got a fair shake, and then oh, we're gonna put you on the practice squad. He might be like, "Well, just cut me out right, and I'll yeah. try to find a job." Maybe or like, like it, it, it's up to him, honestly. But yeah, I it depends. I could see Jadakus Bonds on the uh, practice squad. Uh, Cody Crest, Deuce Watts, Dre Miller. What is Melton's first name? I forget. Bo Bo Melton. I think he also had a fine camp. Heard his name a couple times, but nothing too... Uh, Injuries, too. Yeah, I think he had yeah. a hamstring injury that kind of wiped him out the last couple yeah. week and a half, I think. So, wide receiver, pretty straightforward. I think the gap between... Because, like, I guess if if we really should, like, talk about it clearly, it's Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jane Reed, one, two, three. Yeah. And then, and then Malik yes. Heath is probably four. Yes. Excuse me. That Tavion Wicks and Debose and Debose can flip flop five and six. I don't think Wicks or Debose have beat out Toure in like production wise. I think they're just younger and have a higher ceiling than Toure does. Yes, which is like yeah. where it gets a little messy if you cut them because like if any of these guys go down, then you're starting to get really young at receiver. More than they they already also are. be. Warren Sharp was going through the um, money out in every wide receiver room, and unsurprisingly, Packers had the cheapest wide receiver room going into the NFL this year. Which, again, right, is kind of they're all on rookie contracts, right? Which like makes sense as to how they came out of it last year or went into it last year. Like they just had guys on small deals because that's really what where they could spend on after Devontae Adams left, and they had Rogers' big contract, so that was really kind of where they where that where it shook out. Um, tight ends. Let's see if else a receiver. No, okay. I, I'm good with players here. Tight ends. Tight end one is Luke Musgrave. Yeah, with a speeding bullet. Yep, just he is tight end one. Yep. Here's where I think you and I have differing opinions, or may- maybe Tucker Craft is making the roster. Yep. I think he's more on the bubble than Josiah DeGuire is. I think Josiah DeGuar had a nice game today. And I think he had... What do you mean by bubble? I think DeGuara showed more NFL talent than Tucker Craft did. I don't think they cut Tucker Craft because he's a third-round pick and you have to give him more time than that, than one off, than one camp in preseason. But DeGuara had a lot of nice blocks today, and I think that's more useful to Matt LaFleur... Yes than his pass catching inability has been lately. Like we have Luke Musgrave now to be sort of that tight end that can go down the field. That was never Deguara's gig, but um, just a really good blocker at this point. You mentioned today in the discord, a lot of good blocks on like sweeps and just short passes to really open up some running lanes. Yeah. I, I think we also have to keep in mind Tyler Davis got hurt. He won't 
count towards the roster based on how they designate his, uh, him to IR or won't count as whatever, however it shakes out. Um, yeah, I do agree with you. I think I think Deguara is going to play a lot more than Tuck, Tucker Craft will. Yeah, I almost called him a different Tucker. And then, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think I I know Deguara has his faults, and it's to very be cl- easy. to be clear. If it was up to me, they would have cut him and signed somebody else. Which is still in play. Which there, is still in play. Like there I are think- some tight ends that are apparently either going to get shipped out in trades or there have already been some tight ends that are kind of interesting that have already been cut, whether it's been, I think, Dan Arnold from the Eagles. Not that he's, like, a world beater. Yeah, but, But like, Mo Alley-Cox is rumored to get traded from the Colts. And, like, I'm I'm a big Mo Alley-Cox fan. Like, he has... I want Mo all of them. He's a good blocker, but also has the opportunity to go and, like catch you some balls and and get some good touchdowns like he was red zone threat big red zone threat big red zone threat so which is ultimately i think if tucker craft has any value to this team this year the immediate value i think that is it i just worry i think he is i think i will say this about him he had some plays today where he is a very good blocker i think that is stuff that Obviously, that's part of why they drafted him in the first place, just because right. he's a big body. Is asked to do the little things and all that stuff. I just worry that he's not, he doesn't really pop as much as kind of the athlete, the receiver that the Packers kind of need. Yeah. Um, and who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I think, but I think Tucker Craft projects to be more of the blocking tight end than receiving tight end that. Yeah. Matt LaFleur really values in his offense while Luke Musgrave is the opposite. Like Luke Musgrave yeah. is a catch first tight end. He's the toy. He's the toy. He's the shiny <laughs> new toy. And Tucker Craft is more the sixth lineman on the line. Like yeah. going to be important in, in some big guy lineups or uh, formations and big guy. Um, I guess like I said, power from power formations on like fourth and ones and things like that. So, uh, Henry Pearson, Austin Allen do not make the team. So Austin Allen had a fine camp. I thought I saw him with a couple catches in preseason, but ultimately never really in the picture. Um, offensive line, pretty straightforward, honestly, because they're just they're just good. Sands, <laughs> one person, but uh, starters across the the front: Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers. John Runyon Jr. and Zach Tom are all locks. Um, Yash Diamond, probably a lock unless they want to trade him for something. Um, Rasheed Walker, pretty much a, a, a lock. Um, Sean Ryan, not so much a lock, but I think he was. Is he, was he a rookie last year? No, he's a. He was. Is he a second or third year guy? This is. He's a second year guy now. Yeah. So coming off of the uh, suspension, I believe, trying to build off of a good camp and trying to really cement himself as a great part of this line. So he'll make the team. Um, Royce Newman makes the team, and so does Caleb Jones. Caleb Jones, I thought, played well today, for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Today, being against the the Seahawks, I thought he played a pretty decent game. And he had injuries, too. Got hurt in this Bengals game and just returned to practice most recently. Um, and, yeah, he's kind of a project guy, but has... 
six nine and like three fifty or yeah. that more. He was a rookie they, last year. Yeah, and they rostered him too. Yep. And so they obviously see something and really are again they will see this out with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's ten linemen. Yeah, ten linemen for sure. Um, I forget. I forget MP's first name again. I had it just up. James. Not, yeah, I want to say James, but I didn't want to get it wrong. <laughs> James, that being Cole Schneider, uh, two backup centers, right? Yeah. Uh, ultimately, don't make the team. I think that's in good reason, as we saw in the Seahawks game today. A lot of snaps at center for a lot of guys. They put, um, obviously, Josh Myers, they're the starter. They've rotated in Zach Tom. They rotated in John Wynion Jr. Like, they'll have guys that can play center, whether they really want Josh Myers there or not. <laughs> it just, it's it, <laughs> like, right? Way it. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. we'll see. We'll, we'll see. So, uh, special teamers, we'll get the, these done quite quick. Anders Carlson makes it. Ultimately, Powell Donald, he makes it over Daniel uh, Whalen. Like, I think Whalen's got a pretty solid leg, but I think you just take the vet in this scenario. With a young team, it's better to have a, a veteran punter who's who knows the game a little more versus And it's really key to Carlson. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I think that like for me, it's that part, but also if you have a young team with a young quarterback, you're probably gonna be punting more often than not. Yeah. Might as well have a veteran that can do it and try and pin you back further than um than Whalen can. And Matt Orzek is a long snapper, obviously. Defense. Defense. These are where the discussions are had. <laughs> Who did you keep on your D-line? I had five. Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, Carl Brooks, Colby Wooden, and TJ Slayton. Yep. I also had that 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 same five. Um ultimately this 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 group is gonna be led by Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, and like those two with Slayton kind of being in the mix as well. We'll see how Carl Brooks and Kobe Wooden come in throughout the year. But being rookies, I don't think they'll get ahead of TJ Slayton anytime soon. You know what I mean? No, and Slayton has a good place today too. He had, he had really good plays today. He'll be relied on in stopping the run, which is, again, the biggest question facing this Packers defense, I would say. Yeah, I I think that's the biggest thing is how can this this front four or front two help stuff runs like that's the most important part of this position like it just it just is <laughs> 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 with 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 how they are with, like with how the Packers run defense hasn't been good in so long if they just need to have guys up front that can that can do it and if they can't that's time for a new rotation and like let's see if the next guy can do it I, I like i said i think that's really where it's going to be decided a lot of the time which means chris slayton i really had to shove the roster up with all these last names on here <laughs> jonathan ford Thank jason you. lewin and i'm missing the name the first name of moultrie moultrie antonio moultrie i think that's his name thank you um I think Jonathan Ford showed flashes again. He was on the team. He was on the team last year, and yes. just I think the the progression of 
Wooden and Brooks really kind of pushed him out of the rotation, which is the game. It's like you draft young guys, and if they they really are good, you hope that they show out, and they've they've shown out so far as pretty quality uh pretty quality players. Jonathan, I'm not Rudy Ford. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, for what's worth, Ford is one of my first five out. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think also you mentioned the rookies in this draft class. I just think also if De- if Devontae Wyatt is real or if you – let me rephrase that. If Devontae Wyatt was more worried about in terms of like not playing up to his present- potential, yep. I would be more willing to be like, okay, let's have another lineman on the roster, if that makes sense. Yep. Totally got it. Um, edge rushers. I think we have the same six again. Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Lucas Vaness, JJ Enigbare. Mm-hmm. Forgot that. I learned that he prefers JJ over Kingsley. So my apologies, JJ, for the six months of calling you your unpreferred name. <laughs> Justin Hollins. And in my 53rd spot, I have Brendan Cox Jr. Same. He's my 53rd man that makes it. Every edge rusher, I believe, is on the roster is going to be it. Yeah, beside, well, I guess Kenneth uh, Odomegwu is the 54th man on the roster um, as part of the International Pathway Program. So, yes, everyone. Which is not surprising given the talent that they have there. Yeah. But, yeah, I think ultimately Brenton Cox showed enough to where they don't want to lose him to the practice squad or lose him to any sort of free agency. So... That's the hope, at least. I think they have something special in him, and with Preston Smith uh, contract stuff coming up, it's worth keeping him as possibly a guy that could just slot in to replace Preston Smith. Or and go ahead, he might be worth. Or we saw Eric Barry today almost block a punt. Like he might have value to the special teams too. Like yeah, I think you don't want to give up on him. There's more of an argument with him because there is a little bit more substance rather than versus it's a very different two different positions and ultimately it's judged very differently. But a guy like Emmanuel Wilson, a lot of it is dependent on what's in front of him in terms of the offensive line and everything yeah. like that. I, I just think we're talking about a, a a very it's I don't know, it's like talent alone. Yeah, I mean yeah. Uh, or uh, judgment on talent, I guess. I just think Cox is easily the kind of guy that you take the game on. Yeah, I think I think if Emmanuel Wilson is a year later in this offense, I think he makes it. Depending on Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Like, I just think that I think that those two just having the lock on the one-two hurts him a lot. But given what they know about AJ Dillon and how he has a year this year. If he comes back on the practice squad and stays there, doesn't get picked up, I could see him being around next year and AJ Dillon not if AJ Dillon's 2023 season isn't immaculate. Yeah. So, um, middle linebackers. I'm curious. I think this is where we start to maybe have some differing opinions. Uh, Devonja Campbell, Quay Walker, Isaiah McDuffie are the three locks for sure. 100%. Yeah. So, I have two more players making it. Oh, 
Yeah, we're going to differ here. I have Eric Wilson and Jimmy Phillips both making the roster. Jimmy Phillips! I thought he played pretty well today in the plays that like, I saw him in on. And I it, maybe they don't keep, uh, what is this, 12 linebackers or 11 linebackers, but they kept 11 last year. Or they had 11 play at some point, I should say. So how they shake out the roster will be figured out. But um, not notably not making it for me is Tariq Carpenter, who had shifted mm-hmm. to middle linebacker um, after just a weird career arc, I suppose. Aaron Mosby, the former Carolina Panther they picked up, and uh, Marvin Pierre and Keyshawn Banks. Keyshawn Banks was one of my last five, or first five cut as well. Yeah, he's... Hopefully he sticks on that practice squad because I think he had a good preseason. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I'm only doing four. Eric Wilson is my fourth. Jimmy okay. Phillips, I think we talked about this pre-pod. Kind of guy that just kind of, no one really, I suppose I kept up with Packers people that were in practice and all this stuff or obviously watching the games yeah. too. and Kind of largely anonymous to all this stuff, but you look at the box score, it's like, Oh, he's got six tackles. Yeah. Oh, last game he had seven. Like, he was very productive and made good plays. It's just like, yeah. I, I do think it's a matter of linebacker probably being just a foregone conclusion, at least in terms of the top players. Yep. Maybe like, that changes. Yeah, maybe it changes, but yeah, for sure, like, Devondra Campbell's going to be there. Quay Walker's going to be there. Isaiah McDuffie's had a nice camp in preseason. Like, those top three are are the guys that are going to play. Whether Eric Wilson and Jimmy Phillips get in there, different story to, to figure out. But, yeah, so you, you only have four, right? Yeah. I'm curious as to who else you kept in the uh, the cornerback and safety room. Let's go there. The locks. Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Russell Douglas, and Keyshawn Nixon. Yep. I think those are the locks. Those four. I think... These next out of, I'm going to get this wrong, Carrington Valentine, Corey Valentine, <laughs> DeAndre Thomas, Shamar John Charles. Is it Tyler Hooper? Bill Hooper. Bill, Bill Hooper. Hooper. And then Tyrell Ford. Also, this is an updated with uh, Hamilton, Elijah Hamilton, I believe it is, who they picked up during the week. Okay. He won't make it, so we don't got to worry no. about him. <laughs> I guess, who do you have? Who are you keeping at corner? I'm going seven. Starting, you're at seven. Okay. Carrington Valentine, Corey Valentine, and Shamar Jean, John Charles. See, Jean Charles? John. John? I only have Valentine Valentine and Valentine. I I cut Shamar, John Charles, and Counter Thomas. I feel like I wanted Shamar, John Charles to be good. Like, I kept seeing him on the field and making some plays. I saw a lot more plays of him getting burned. And six, they might need to keep seven because, like, injuries happen a lot. And especially with the corners, like, if they well, play. Especially with the position that's coming up. Right, exactly. But if they, like, if they play dime, that's four corners and probably two safeties. Like, they just, if you're, if you're running out four corners until Eric Stokes gets back, that's Alexander, Douglas, Nixon, and Valentine. Valentine. That's only one backup. And so they they might keep seven. It might make more sense that way. 
I kept four safeties is where I'm at. I'm guessing you I kept did as well. You did it as well. Yes. I'm trying to figure out. But I, I don't think I, I have 53, I believe. <laughs> I was my, one of us might have done their math wrong. Two, five. 11, we'll figure it out, but keep counting. So yeah, Shamar John Charles and Kendrick Thomas both had good camps and like fine, but just not the caliber of player. I'm willing to keep like Shamar John Charles. I think ahead of counter Thomas is where I'm sitting, but ultimately I have projects at safety that need to happen. You have 53. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Why don't you go through the safeties then while I count my 53 man? <laughs> <laughs> Darnell Savage. Cause there's no other luck. Rudy Ford, I believe was not confirmed, but it's very likely that he'll be the starting, uh, other safety. <laughs> Um, I went with Anthony Johnson Jr., who I don't believe played today. And if I am wrong, uh, correct. I me. think he did play. Did he? I think he had uh, like a hit. I don't know if he registered a sack or like a, like a attack or anything, but I'm pretty sure I saw him on a on a on a uh, a tackle. But it's not showing me in the box score. But yeah, he didn't show up in the box have... score. And he had he had a a knock in practice that. It was kind of gotcha. doubtful if he was going to play or not. Got it. Um, and rounding out my safety is, is Dallin Levitt. Dallin Levitt. I'm trying to count. <laughs> I can't get there. <laughs> I, I'm just, I just can't count. My safeties are uh, Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Anthony Johnson Jr., and Ennis Gaines. Mm. Dale Levitt has not played well at the safety position. No. I think he's a special teamer through and through. But Ennis Gaines is the only, like, backup slot kind of guy. And And he got burned. And he got burned. (laughs) By Jake Bobo, who ran a 4-9-9 40-yard dash. Yeah, I, I had Gaines going into this game, and I... Knowing the fact that there is no other slot guy that really kind of factors in this conversation, again, kind of throws more urgency at like what, yeah, how the cornerback position is going to work. I think out. it throws more urgency into that top three and how they're going to handle the slots or the top four Alexander Stokes, Douglas, and Nixon. Like, yeah, because it they're going to be going back to how it was last year and that didn't work. No, it didn't. So, uh, I yeah, it's really frustrating. I, I honestly like I would not have any quibble between Gaines or Levitt just because Levitt's value is special teams, Gaines is kind of in that same vein, but they're trying to find him a spot. It's always when like we talked about with Samari Toure, we talked about with Jonathan Garvin briefly before they cut him on his birthday. Um <laughs> Tariq Carpenter. It's when they play around with guys natural positions yeah. and then they put him in spots that aren't their strong suits. Yeah. That just brings on this level of like, it's like, it's not going to work out. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, like whoever they pick in that, whether it's games, love it or any other choice in this matter. Right. Do we know if they're going to see it out throughout the whole season? I don't know. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't put a bet on it. It's a good by question. Any means. It's a good question. Yeah, ultimately, I, I I could see Gaines and Levitt being switched and just slot being a problem this year. 
which would be very it's disappointing. Be a fucking problem. But <laughs> it's gonna be a problem. And I think that's just kind of how it it's gonna have to shake out. Because like yeah. I think Dan Lovett has more special teams use than Gaines does. But I'm just not really in at the Lovett at safety experiment. I think it's kind of over. <laughs> yeah. Which sucks because he plays a position of need. And that's the other thing. If he was that... if he was good, he'd be probably locking it up, but he's maybe good. I have a feeling if there's any area that will frustrate me in terms of the 53, it's going to be safety because they might easily just go five safeties and someone that we kind of like. I know, but I would rather they keep four freaking running backs. (laughs) Like I'd rather just keep both Wilson and Taylor, but that won't happen. Yeah, honestly, if they could keep three safeties and just, like, not have to deal with that decision back there, and if it's had two solid safeties and keep a fourth running back, that would make me very happy. But that isn't really conducive to I can't wait winning for football. the next good Packers safety. I'll tell you that much. It really sucks. <laughs> Call up Nick Collins, Packers. dog. Yeah. Because, like, Leroy Butler, can you come back? <laughs> that's the last one. Like... Thinking you're in your no, mind. I mean, Amos. Amos. For a season. Two. No, 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 no. For two or. I'd say two. I'll give him two and a half. Deal. But, like, That's... he also wasn't, like, elite. No, but I think but he like, was. Nick Collins was, like, elite. He was good. Oh, Nick Collins is elite. Like, he, the... he was good. Yeah. <laughs> that defense is never the same after he got hurt. Yeah. I, I'm not looking for the next, like, you know. Slightly inspiring Packer safety. I'm looking for the next Packer safety. And yeah. it hasn't been one since Nick Collins. Like, no. we thought Haha would do it. He didn't do it. Haha, the joke was on us. <laughs> that's right. So, that's a 53 man roster. Um, Party Big B. Oh, God. <laughs> Why you gotta. Just... Sorry, I'm just naming random Packers safeties now. Just guys being podcasters naming random football players. <laughs> um, there's another one that I'm trying to think of right now. That I, can't. I have one to tip my tongue to. I can't think of. Who's the guy Morgan that put Burnett? next? Yep. Oh, um, what's his name? They had a good one. He plays for the Bills now. Oh, Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde. He was good. Yeah. He was good. And they caught him. And yeah, that was a decision. <laughs> um. So that's it for us. Hope you guys liked our. Oh, they didn't cut him. No, they just didn't resign him. Yeah, I think he got a pretty big bag from from the Bills. Yeah, he's been good ever since until he got hurt. But he's been good after that too. Irregardless of the point, <laughs> that is our 53 man roster. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Feel free to enter the Discord gspn.info to talk to us about it. What you guys think we'll be wrong about and what we're actually wrong about on Tuesday when it comes down to the cuts. Um, We'll be back for a podcast Tuesday night uh, for you guys talking about the cutdowns and, I guess, most surprising uh, players to make it or not make it. So there's always a couple of big surprises out of 1265 Lombardi Avenue. So it'll be... We'll see. We'll see how it goes. In the meantime, you can obviously check us out on Twitter at NewMechasDone at Jordan Tresky. You can follow our Instagram page. We're going to be a little more active there this season with some reels and some uh, 
posts of cheeses and stuff like that. I didn't like, don't like that, Jordan. Um, so go check that out. Follow that page at watch watch GSPN, right, Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Same thing. Or no, not same thing. In addition, if you're trying to find something to do, you can go listen to the boys over at Cruising for a Bruising as they talk about the Brewers' playoff push and their recent sweep of the Rangers as well as the Minnesota Twins. Andrew and Adam do a, quite a good job that way. Talking about all things Brewers. Go check out Make Time for This. Also hosted by Adam and Andrew. I believe they had a new episode come out, but I'm not absolutely it's about, certain. It's about the movie Past Lives, which I've heard is very good. Um, and I would assume that Adam and Andrew had, were glowing about it on the recent Make Time for This. And you guys can go check it out. To make sure they did have a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brother, I searched make time for this on Spotify to try and find the, the pod. And there's an audiobook that has a absolutely brazy headline or title. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know what? This is your spoiler. If you have any kids in the car, I'm sorry. Jordan already said fuck, so I'm going to dive into it. Sex explicit erotic stories for adults. I don't know what our... <laughs> What make time for this has for its keywords and its SEO, but I, <laughs> imagine listening to that audiobook, dude. Can you imagine? That is that is that is nuts. Literally, literally and figuratively. <laughs> Sorry. We're, we're off the rails. Check out your uh the namesake, Eurostep with Ty and Rohan. They released a, a uh pod this week about the New York Times article um, about Giannis's future. As all things are Bucks and Giannis lately, there seems to be a lack of good news, but Packers or Packers, Bucks going to championship this year, it'll be good news. So, all things considered, go check out all the pods. They're all pretty dope if you ask me. Yeah, check out the pods. Don't check out the... Audio. Don't check out the audiobook. That's, that was a free ad, but That's I... That's not a GSPN production. It's <laughs> not a GSPN production. <laughs> I just couldn't let that uh let that slip for all the uh for all the people's name, but I apologize. That is it for us folks, as I'm sure you're happy to hear. <laughs> thank you for listening. Check us out on Tuesday for the Cutdown Pod and Jordan. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.